0: Hey there Gebronies! it's great to be back with you. If you were following the show previously, you probably wondered where we'd gone and thought it was all over. But no, we just had a major hiatus. If you're a new listener, welcome. You're as welcome as a cat in Charlie's Wall. This episode has been sitting on the shelf for over a year though, because you know, pandemic life got in the way. So if a few of the references are seem old and misplaced, then do forgive us. Other than that, it's a doozy. And like I said, it's so good to be back. Welcome to another Jabroni's Only. We are the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia random episode podcast. Got some special guests uh, for you tonight. In Sussex is Rob Gordon, film buff, games buff, and just buff. You having that? You okay with that? (laughs) (laughs) Hello.
1: I am fine with that. I'm not sure about the last one, particularly in lockdown. I'm not sure how buff I am at the moment.
0: uh, Yeah. I also have a question. Has buff been overtaken by hench? Yep.
1: Oh. Yeah. Hench and swole, I think.
0: What? what swole? I don't swole, it sounds don't like it. a village in Norfolk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You've never heard of swole?
0: <laughs> no. Just a
1: a village full of hench
0: people. No. Swole. Yeah. 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 on the, the newest word. Swole on the ooze. The other voice you can hear in sorry is uh, Paddy Johnston. Fruit of my loins, fruit of the loom t-shirt wearer, and fruit of my womb Jesus. <laughs>
2: that's the prayer we all had to learn in catholic school
0: (laughs) did you you didn't go to catholic school did you rob i did not no so fruit of my womb jesus is a line from hail mary we've seen a lot of films with popes in them all right okay
2: yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) and these um these two fine gentlemen who've joined me on jabronis only tonight uh, have their own podcast called big boys don't cry it's an excellent film podcast which has about a million episodes um particularly enjoyed the last two episode guys um Uh, I kind of agreed you agreed with you about long shot the long shot it's great film probably a bit too long but the thing you didn't mention that I really like in the long shot was the music has such great music in it Mm -hmm. yeah
2: yeah I can't really remember who was on the soundtrack now but it was surprisingly good where with those kind of films they do just pop in whatever generic pop hits of the day are there or sort of like stock versions of those that they can get but there was actually some good stuff on it wasn't there
0: yeah there's some hip-hop in there I feel the hand of um of what's his name I mean, my 58 year old brain has forgotten the name of uh, the, main, the main actor Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, yeah. I suspect that in the Rogen. film
2: as Seth Rogen.
0: So, um, firstly, I just wanted to ask you both, as Sunny fans, who's your favorite character? Rob, you go first. Oh,
1: Frank. It's got to be Frank. Good choice.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, Frank's arc has just been absolutely incredible. And I think the others are kind of, you know, just been flatline horrible people the whole time, but he's actually had an arc. Well, maybe not an arc, just a descent into absolute <laughs> Exactly.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I I think his, his journey through hell kind of, it is a, almost a microcosm of the show itself in that he becomes more deranged and more bitter and absurd as time goes on. And that really ties into the the general ethos as the show is it becomes, it gets further and further away from, from the sitcom elements that it started with. Um, so, yeah, he's he's wonderful. Wonderful.
0: Great choice. Country Mac, a.k.a. Paddy. Um,
2: I I have to go for Charlie. It, it is a tough choice between him and Mac, actually, because Mac's kind of willingness to. To make a fool of himself, but also his kind of complete hubris all of the time, is amazing like in the episode of the ice skating where he dreams and then he falls over like that is that is kind of peak mac and i love all that about him so much but charlie never fails to make me laugh out loud with just his his complete stupidity and like the way he's written i don't know how they do it to just keep coming up with things that make him just so hilarious at every single turn you know every time charlie's doing something it's gonna be funny um in a kind of a way that's often vulgar in a way that's often just very silly but he just cracks me up every time and in this episode in particular that we're going to talk about today there's some very very good Charlie moments
0: oh this is this is Charlie's episode without a doubt um yeah. I I yeah I agree with you I think I'd probably go for, Charlie's the glue isn't he you know it's it's so obvious yeah it's such a cliche and but D is probably whatever the opposite of glue is she <laughs> is because she's the one that because they always pick on her she falls apart and the whole thing falls apart and it's part of the theme of the show so, this episode, show 10 of Jabronis Only, this is uh, series five, episode five. It's the waitresses getting married. And as soon as you hear those words, you just see Charlie's face, don't you?
1: <laughs> Definitely.
0: <Yeah. laughs> you see it and you feel so sorry for him. And you see that meme, that kind of like puzzled look meme. Um, and I don't know if it's actually from this show, but that's the kind of face that you see. And because of that, I've actually added another thing to the running order and it's the faces in the show that people pull. Uh-huh. That I'm going to have as a regular feature new regular feature. Yeah. It's 1230 on a Saturday and it was filmed this on the 15th of October in two, oh, sorry, released on the 15th of October, 2009. Uh, interestingly written by Charlie day and Glenn Howerton. So back in the days when they were, when they, they wrote stuff. And I think, this episode is really kind of tight in a good way and in a bad way, I think, in that there's not that much to it. So I I think, you know, what I'm trying to say is you can, you can feel their writing in it and the fact that they're, they're more actors than writers. Anything to say on that, Rob?
1: Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. I think it's a very, it's a very character driven episode, much more so than a lot of the other ones where there, there's some kind of situational element that they have to focus on. Whereas here, it's very much driven by their direct emotions and their motivations in a way that you don't always see in the show. And that that brings with it some real positive moments. This episode adds a lot to the lore, particularly the lore around Charlie's life. But at the same time, it maybe doesn't allow everyone to be as free as you sometimes see, in a way. So yeah, so it, it's got some real positives to it. And I think the show is much better off for this episode existing but is it necessarily as a whole one of the greatest ones that's that's a
0: little debate to be had yeah what do you reckon buddy i'd say it's
2: one of my faves but as i'm i'm less of an uber fan perhaps than both of you i think i'm due like kind of maybe a wee re- rewatch of the whole thing before i can decide on my faves but i know that there are others like jokes on d and the nightman cometh and the one the other one with the songs and the one where charlie does the song about the spider those are all definitely would be in my top 5 but this one i think is definitely be up there certainly and i think the point about tight writing is is really really applicable to this this episode and i think it's applicable to every episode of this show because they're only like 20 minutes each and i think it's amazing how much they managed to pack in But then when you think about each episode, it's almost as if like actually not that much happened in terms of action or in terms of scenes. Loads managed to happen in quite a minimalist way, which is just fantastic. Like in this one with Charlie, he goes on, they set up his dating profile. He goes on the date. It goes wrong. He finds out the is getting married. And that's kind of it for Charlie, really. And then there's the thing at the end, we'll, we'll get to talking about the episode. There's really only kind of three or four scenes that link it all together. And they're not that long, but the tightness of it just is so apparent in this episode in the best possible way
0: yeah the second half is basically two two situations uh intercut a couple of times so you've got the bachelorette party and you've got charlie's date in Guiginos, of course and i i have a theory nothing ever good ever happens to the gang in guajinos ever no 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 way (laughs) it's just not allowed and directed by Fred Savage, so an absolute master of the craft. Directed so many different things uh, and directed so many episodes of Sonny. So. And I think as a writer as well. Uh, interestingly, the first thing that you notice about this and that we've probably said nine times in the in each of the last episodes is that there's no split in the gang in this episode. Mm. So it's the first time in this, and on Jabronis only, we've come come across this. Everybody is rooting for the same thing. Charlie doesn't know he's rooting for it because he doesn't know what's going on. I mean, it's brilliant that they have the little chat in the, in the office and they all agree they're doing it because they don't want him to go, as Dennis says, go postal.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> but they're all pulling in the same direction. Whereas Frank, interestingly, Frank is just a sideshow in this. You know, I almost feel sorry for him. And I think I made a note that Danny DeVito is almost nearly dialing it in. He's just like, this is an easy day at work for him because (laughs) all he has to do is sit with Artemis and eat cabbage off each other's cheeks. (laughs) So I I found that quite interesting that there's no split. Not necessarily disappointing, but it's always good to kind of see the split. So I don't know if you noticed that as well.
2: Yeah, Yeah, the the tension coming from somewhere outside the gang, isn't it? Rather than from within.
1: But, But I love how they implemented that none of them want to help Charlie for the reason that they want to make him happy. It's because either they're scared of him going postal, they don't want to do his work, they don't like that the waitress is getting married before them. There's all these different factors that are coming together and they're uniting through a force of hate as opposed to a force of love almost.
0: In that scene, there's a bit where Dee admits it's not because she cares about him. And she starts talking about it and then it just cuts her off and says, I don't care about anything you've just said. <laughs> <laughs> which is like peak reaction to d that's so great so in terms of the characters obviously outside of the main characters we have the number one top of the tree is the waitress another fantastic performance from uh, mary Ellison, charlie day's wife uh she's just great in this she um she doesn't really have to do much but what she does is pure waitress yeah
2: she she's great and the kind of general she clearly always hates Charlie, but she manages to to make it never seem kind of aggressive and that kind of thing. And in this one, that is kind of channeled through D, which is great. So the the D's idea of her getting married before her, it's almost like you, I think, is really interesting because you don't think of D as fulfilling any of those kind of sexist stereotypes that you often get in in comedy or in, in culture more widely that women just want to get married. But it's like she's playing that almost just to have a bit of kind of selfish and spiteful fun against the waitress and the waitress's reaction to it is perfect because she still kind of goes along with the stuff that the gang does just as much as she has to and then suddenly she's out which is always how it how it happens for her
1: yeah you the 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 sort of side characters that often get get pulled into these situations they can never really escape and they can never sort of forge their own path through the situation there's there's this magnetic pull of whatever chaos they're creating and yeah you see it all the time with crickets gradual transformation and um particularly with the waitress as her life deteriorates um and and each time she comes across the gang again and again things have got worse and worse for her
0: yeah yeah that's right and you know within the the orbit of the gang the closer you get the more you're going to get destroyed and it happens to her and it and it happens to cricket and the rest the rest of the people who are returning characters manage to stay away from the pull of the gravity of the gang so you've got artemis which you know, pops in every now and again you've got people like ben the soldier who kind of just managed to keep them at arm's length and not get destroyed it's it's very very clever Brad Fisher, uh, which I wrote down is a good name for a douchebag.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like the lead in a sort of mid-2000s rubbish film that we would watch on our podcast, doesn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> he's a guy called Nick Wexler, and he's in Chicago PD. And to me, Chicago PD sounds like a made-up TV show. Yeah. And I've never seen Chicago PD, but I, I know exactly what it's all about.
2: Yeah. That's the kind of show that would have been playing in the background in The Simpsons in, like, a, a scene about cops.
0: He could be like the um, the raw young rookie in um, Wizard Cop. Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon, Rob? <laughs> I like
1: yeah. It. yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, he's a young up and comer. He's green, but he's he's gonna he's gonna be the head of the force someday.
1: But I think in maybe Wizard Cop or maybe Wizard Cop Two, with the Necromancer Strikes Back, um, <laughs> he gets he gets killed and it's a very sad traumatic moment and then the wizard cop's like i must avenge my young friend he had so much to live for like an in in inverse of the guy two days from retirement this time it's the young cop
0: yeah you know, definitely. we're mixing
1: it up a bit with our wizards, wizard police movie
0: yeah and there's a scene where um where wizard cop himself has to go to his fiance, and he gives her the gun and the badge and she and the she wand. Like, <laughs> and the wand <laughs> Yeah, by which we mean magician's wand, not anything else. Just, <laughs> <Yeah>. just, for, <laughs> <laughs> just for clarity. <laughs> yeah,
2: this isn't an episode of Sonny, it's Wizard Club. Very serious.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. And obviously superb, always good to see them are the, are the mothers, the moms. They're just fantastic. Got Sandy Martin, who was uh, who's Mrs. Mac. And they always call her Mrs. Mac. They always call her Mrs. Mac, not Mrs. McDonald. But Sandy Martin, of course, who was um, in four billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Did you guys like that film? Haven't seen it. No,
1: no. I, I've seen that it's come to either Netflix or Amazon, so it's on our to-watch list. Um, but uh, yeah, have not seen it yet.
0: One of your main guys is so great, and it's Sam Rockwell. He is. It's worth watching. And um, Francis McDormand got all the, the plaudits, but Rockwell in that is just incredible. I mean, I, I think in Jojo, he should have got a, an Oscar for what he did in Jojo Rabbit. I think he's so good, yeah. that guy.
2: I love the um, film, which we talked but, about on our show around this time last year, I think. It was the no. second to last film that I saw in the cinema before we locked down and the cinemas
0: ended. But she plays his uh, Sam Rockwell's mother in that, interestingly. And then you've got uh, Lynn marie Stewart, who's done loads of great things, but probably best known in Hollywood for being the mum in Bridesmaids. So she uh, she doesn't have much to do, but she's it's great. So It's always a little Easter egg for me when I watch that film and she just pops up at the reception or whatever it is
2: bridesmaids um, was about the third or fourth ever episode of our show as well was it yeah it very early one for us yeah
0: great choice definitely a rewatchable bridesmaids it's one of those oh look bridesmaids is on you know what you're going to get and you, you know you'll have a bit of fun with that despite the vulgarity
2: you know you're going to see a woman pooping in the street so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but and also, mrs kelly <laughs> playing tennis to dirty deeds done dirt cheap yeah yes which is good very point funny.
0: But yeah they're really good in this aren't they? Just the scene when the two of them are on the couch and just being what they are is uh, is really good. Again they don't have to do much but it's it's always good to see them. The wedding shop girl is called Nasim Pedrad and she's in the live action version of Aladdin which I got quite a kick out of I quite li- quite like that.
2: Yeah, I I really liked it. You were a bit less keen but um, I think we had an I had a nostalgic thing with it we we did an episode on on it didn't we because we took my son Eric to baby cinema to see it when he was very tiny when you could take babies to the baby cinema so yeah that was good uh, and I but I also didn't want to admit that Guy Ritchie had done something that I liked but <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> and she's also the lead in a film called Desperados which we watched um on our show for our show as well uh, a couple of months ago which is not that great but not a bad concept and some fun in it
1: yeah it's it's a it's a fine little little rom-com isn't it but she's also one of the main characters in a wonderful show called scream queens which is a show by the creators of american horror story but it's more of a horror comedy um that sort of plays on slasher movie tropes and it's got a wonderful cast including emma roberts abigail breslin it yeah it's really good and and um, everyone's favorite horror movie survivor jamie lee curtis and it's absolutely hilarious really great and she's wonderful in it as one of one of the the workers at the university where the serial killer's on the loose
0: I think I I knew that because I've written down here Scream Queens Rob question mark and I think I <laughs> <laughs> I think I remembered that from a show and I think I think I remember when you said it probably it was when it was in Desperados in your Desperados show that's why you're on Rob for that that kind of <laughs> just, insight. Just for that. <laughs> yeah for that lovely moustache and this kind of insight. Um, I also noticed in her biography that she's also in a film called Cooties, which sounds like an absolute belter. Well, that sounds like the kind of thing we would watch.
1: <laughs> I That's on my to-watch list, actually. It's basically a zombie movie, but all of the zombies are kids who have caught Cooties, but it's a zombie virus. It's got your favourite in it. It's got Alison Pill in it, Paddy.
2: Oh, really? Well. Um, yeah. And then
1: Elijah Wood and Rain Wilson. So it's got a... Got a. All oh, right. It's got a decent cast. cast. That's a, cast, a strong yeah. cast.
0: Um, talking about films, actually, I've got a recommendation for you. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but... Um, where is it? Oh, sorry to bother you. Have you seen that yet?
2: I have seen it, yes.
0: I have not. I meant oh, to watch no. that a while ago. So I think there's enough romance in it, don't you, Rob? I think
1: so, yeah. Romance between a man and a woman. Romance between scientists
0: and... Dodgy <laughs> horsemen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i mean it's it's weird it's very boots riley isn't it it's set in oakland and it makes um makes oakland look really interesting and vibrant lucky um what's he called lucky stanfield is it yes yeah he is just amazing in it it just carries the whole film but i I still haven't decided if i like it but i think that's a good thing with the film you know there's so many weird things but i think you could that's a recommendation for you because there's definitely romance in it
2: oh yeah yeah definitely I've heard good things about that generally across the board.
0: The last character is, of course, Jackie, who's the date, who you just feel so sorry for. Must be a dream as an actor to do something like that. Something and the only thing was-
2: Facial expressions, her face when he says, I'm a full-on rapist. That's like <laughs> yeah. one of the best.
0: Which we will come faces. to, obviously. <laughs> she's played by Joy Osmanski, and she's in a thing called Duncanville. And I've got another feeling that you've mentioned that, Rob, that you've seen Duncanville. Have you seen it?
1: I don't know if I have actually.
0: It's no. an animated show. There's so many animated shows on on Netflix. I've never seen Big Mouth, for example. Hoops, I think, was terrible. I don't know if you. If I, caught, I watched I half an
1: episode of that and get gave about
0: up. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awful. F is for Family is just absolutely tremendous. And Disenchanted, you know, is great. But there's just so many, so many things to get through. So I think Duncanville is probably worth a try. So after the characters, we normally start talking about the scenes and talk about our favourite scenes. Obviously, the first scene is is really important, obviously, not just because it sets everything up, but because it is peak D. She's rude to, to the girl in the shop. She's living in this, this fantasy world where she's trying on bridesmaids dresses all the time for no reason, just for her, her own vanity. I think just because of the title of the show, when he says, oh, my girlfriend, and the, the waitress walks out, you just know that it was going to be the waitress. It's quite functional, but I think Caitlin Olsen's just brilliant in that scene.
2: Yeah, it's a good setup, but then it kind of, you get the next bit of setup, which is Charlie with the box of Hornets. So he needs
0: something to kind of set you up for that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, the Chekhov's gun that is the box of Hornets. <laughs>
0: yeah, the box with H on it. It never worked out why he writes H on it. It's just funny the way he actually does it.
1: <laughs> yeah, in case there's another buzzing box that he might open to see what's inside.
0: <laughs> which, you know, in his apartment is entirely possible. <laughs> your wasps make honey the, the bachelorette party is quite amazing you've got the two moms you've got the way Dee's trying to set it up and trying to have a go at the waitress all the time and you've got frank and artemis just doing their little side show that's quite good but it doesn't make the top three i don't know if you've got anything to say about that scene that was my icky moment of frank and artemis eating things off each other <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I,
1: I, i've got just frank and artemis a vial down as my icky stuff moment um want to go get sweaty in a wendy's bathroom what, we ever say. Yeah, what did they do uh, with the onions what did they do with the burgers
0: yeah. <laughs> yes what did they do with the um the little sachets of barbecue sauce <laughs> <laughs> so i've narrowed it down to my the three i've chosen are Um, I've chosen in third place uh, getting Charlie on Match.com which is peak Charlie, such a great scene. I have this thing that Great comedy always has exasperation in it. You look at Forty Towers, their exasperation with him and his game that it's not even a game to him. He's just telling them his honest answers. It's just a great scene. Probably the- my
2: favorite scene in this episode by far. That's my number one scene and like one of my favorite Charlie scenes ever, probably. And the reason is because of his absolute conviction in the like instant answers that he gives. As soon as they ask him anything, what are your interests? Ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> little green ghouls buddy <laughs> and,
1: and, and is this the first mention of ghouls because it becomes a recurring thing for him this is the first time that we've we've discovered charlie's love of ghouls in the show
0: i've got a feeling it is especially as the, the way they react to it but then they don't listen to anything he says so he might have said ghouls before but then they don't listen to anything e- any of the, each of the other says so
2: milk steak
0: as well yeah, one of those things where you think, oh, that might be a Philly thing. And then as soon as like they look at each other, you realize, no, it's cheesesteak. Milksteak isn't a thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what, are your, what are your dislikes? People's knees. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way he says it more than anything else, but just, that just absolute 100% conviction where it's like, Charlie always surprises you, but it's still always Charlie. And it's like, that just comes out of nowhere. But you know that that's the most Charlie thing that anyone could say and that he totally believes it. And everything... What Charlie does he totally believes it like he believes he's going to get honey from those hornets he believes that he's going to get married to the waitress and that kind of thing and it's like this scene is just exemplifies all of that perfectly along with Mac and Dennis's constant need to demonstrate to him that what he believes is wrong and he's never listening it's yeah it's just brilliant
0: so I've picked chart- the the date, but two parts the two parts of the date which are divided by the bachelorette party as the uh, the other two favourite scenes. And I think I've gone for the favourite one being the second half. And the reason I've picked it as favourite is because not just because you've got him just totally fucking up the date, you've also got Dennis being the manager, which is just a superb little like vignette. And then you've just got Mac fucking everything up, wading in with his size ten boots. So it's all peaks with him trying to grab her breasts. <laughs> I've picked that as my favourite scene. What do you reckon, Rob?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to go different, so we've got one answer each. It's very tough between the three for me, but my favourite scene is the Bachelorette party. You just see the pure vindictive nature of Dee in full force, and also how bad she is at being vindictive at the same time, how everything fails at every point. It's also got the most comprehensive screen time for Artemis in the episode, which is always, always a bonus.
0: Yeah, she's superb, Artemis. Uh, Artemis in real life as well, obviously, Artemis Pebdani. I think she's great, and I would love to see her in more things. I think she does a lot of stage stuff, doesn't she? She does a lot of, uh, like, those comedy workshops. She leads a lot of that kind of stuff. She teaches a lot of comedy, but she's so good. She could carry her own show. She kind of radiates this confidence through the screen. You believe that she is that dreadful person who's willing to put things up Frag's bum at regular intervals. <laughs> <laughs> good choices, good choices all round. So where do we start with the best favourite lines? Obviously Charlie's Ghouls and Little Green Ghouls, buddy. <laughs> One that really made me laugh out loud, and I don't know if she said it wrong and they kept it in because it was so good. Mrs Kelly, when um, when she gets really riled up, she says everybody's trying to steal my Charlie girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she say, she says girl, but it just makes it even funnier. That's a, like a a tea spit lol for me that I really really loved. That. What else have we got? As uh, Ron mentioned. We'll get sweaty in a Wendy's bathroom. That's a killer. Do you remember Wendy's? Are you guys old enough to remember when there was a Wendy's in London? Yeah, yeah. It was on Shafters Breedman Avenue. We went there a
2: couple of times,
0: as I recall. Yeah. Did you ever go, Rob?
2: So I've been to a Wendy's
1: in America. I don't think I ever went to one in the UK.
0: It wasn't the concept you build your own burger, like a subway kind of thing. I think that's what made it different. I
2: think that was how
0: they exported
2: it to the UK market. But if you go to a Wendy's now, or at least the last time we were in the US, it was just like any standard burger restaurant.
1: They yeah. do burgers with lots of meat in and also little pots of chili. Is what I remember about Wendy's when I went there.
2: Um, yeah. Which
1: is always good. You can never have too much chili. Uh, yeah. Apparently though, they are going to reintroduce Wendy's into the UK.
2: Ah, The way you said a- that made it sound like it was a species of wolf. <laughs> wendy's wolf yeah Yeah. gonna be reintroduced into the uk it's just one wolf
1: owned by a woman called wendy (laughs) apparently wendy's wolf is going to first be introduced into reading so watch out if you live in reading there is going to be a burger wolf running around.
0: (laughs) good wendy's knowledge rob do they sell in wendy's a cob salad because i need to know what a cob salad is (laughs) isn't that a youtuber (laughs)
1: <laughs> I am Cobb Salad. Cobb, yeah, Cobb Salad, famous ASMR YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think it's just a normal salad, salad
0: with bacon bits.
1: So I think it's it's one of those salads which actually doesn't have a lot of salad in it. Where I think they they throw bacon bits and chicken and avocado and egg in it. So it's just everything hearty together in one thing, as opposed to it being something a bit lighter like a Caesar salad or something like that.
0: All right. Yeah, I love that line because it's just the, again her delivery. I feel like a cob salad. It's amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> I wrote, I wrote that that line down. How much cheese is too much cheese? It's a great line. <laughs> Uh, D's great when they first come to the bachelorette party. When um, when the waitress and Brad Fisher, she says, <laughs> "You big old fat stick in the mud! Come on in, guys." <laughs> <laughs> she's bad at trying to be a
2: fake hostess, and she's bad at being vindictive, and she's just bad at everything. That's like peak D, as you say. So yeah, uh, that is brilliant.
0: Yeah. My third favorite line was when D gets caught out in the wedding boutique right at the start and she's like riffing and she says, he's a salt seaman, dives into the ocean for the salt <laughs> and he brings it right up and we eat it. <laughs> Which I, it was great, and I, I think if you look at the bloopers, often with lines like that, they let them riff, they let them go. And um David Hornsby plays cricket; is particularly excellent at that. You look, look at the bloopers reel, where he's done various versions, and they they crack everybody up. Second, I've put as I'm a full-on rapist. Yeah, I'm a full-on rapist. Africans, dyslexics, children—that sort yeah. of thing. Which obviously is <laughs> now is interesting because if you because you both fans of Arrested Development as well yeah that
2: yeah, did remind me of that yeah um, an alrapist. tobias funke's business card
0: yeah i i'm an alrapist yes yep. combined analysis and therapist um so i had to check first to see who was possibly doing the steal. and arrested development that episode was in 2006 this is 2009 so right. if anybody was yeah. doing the stealing it was glenn howerton and charlie kelly I, would you rather be a full-on rapist or an alrapist <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I don't know. It sounds like the full-on rapist gets around
0: a bit more. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's more, more inclusive, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true, yeah. Africans, dyslexics, children, that sort of thing. But the line I picked that I like the most, just because, again, I'm, I'm sure it was just a riff, and it's right at the end, so it's almost like one of those throwaway lines that often make you laugh, and like, particularly nail-down characters. After he's, um, he said he doesn't like people's knees, Charlie said, and it just made me how. Charlie says, cover your knees up if you're going to be walking around there, out there. (laughs) (laughs) And again, that's another example
2: of them just furthering Charlie's conviction about everything that he says. It's like he's going to follow it up. It's real. Everything that he says is real to Charlie. And I just love that.
0: Yeah. Do you want to pick one of those three as your favorite nominate or anything else that you noticed that you liked?
1: So so for me the ones that I wrote down are the same so he's a salt seaman I feel like a cob salad um I think D has a trilogy of wonderful lines at the bachelorette party so she's got the you big old fat stick in the mud then you're absolutely right I'm confusing you with another embarrassing drink that <laughs>
0: <on it. laughs> yeah, I remember I that down.
1: <laughs> and then ending ending out the three is wow you are very forgettable which is just just brilliant but for me the best line in it is when 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 dennis and mac have come out to be the the owners of the of, of the restaurant and charlie suddenly gets this fake confidence and asks uh, for his order and says i'm going to want the milk steak boiled over hard and a side of your finest jelly beans raw
0: it's just, It just
1: makes me makes me crack up every single time i watch this episode
0: it's great. And that's that kind of proof of what Paddy was saying, because that's a touchstone for him. Suddenly he's found a place where he can be comfortable because it's something he's created. And that makes the, as you said, the only confident moment in the whole date. And it's because it comes from that something where he's totally convicted. And he feels
2: like he can use that as an opportunity to demonstrate to them that milksteak is a thing because Mac has to go along with it. And he's like, yeah, we, we'll bring your milk steak right out, sir. It's boiling right now.
0: <laughs> paddy did you have any anything to add or would you want to pick
2: i don't think i had anything in addition to that other than just that when they're talking about charlie's profile he says i am who i am and that i don't know that made me laugh because of the way he said it in a sort of um pop the sailor man kind
0: of way but that was the only one i had in addition to all the ones already mentioned so yeah my new category of faces there are some brilliant faces i mean every face charlie pulls on the date <laughs> When she's pointing out his injuries, when they ask him to look confident and relaxed, obviously his pose for match.com is, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a great one. The, the one that I picked as my favorite face is Charlie's. We'll come back to that. But Wendy says, I'll, I'll distract the waitress by trying to lure Brad away. Um, Dennis makes this face and he makes a noise and he goes <laughs> and if you ever see the episode again it's worth pausing on Dennis's face on that because he has this kind of face where he, like when he's backing away from things and he pulls that but um, my favourite face was uh, when Charlie says ghouls because yeah. he's just so delighted with himself I don't <laughs> think you'd argue with that would buddy. you <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs>
2: and doesn't he do something with his hand as well he's like little green ghouls buddy <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think he does so any nits to pick with this episode is there anything that didn't work for you that you didn't like i think rob you might have said something before or
1: no so so nothing major i think it's more the sort of it, it's quite a meandering episode in a way so although it's very tightly packed often there's an endame of manipulation and and come comeuppance in a way and that never really happens here and i suppose it's because it's one of those rare moments where you kind of have a happy ending for the gang which is obviously yeah. a terrible ending for other people and society at large um but it feels very odd when that happens in, in an always sunny episode
0: yeah no it's absolutely true as you said as you said at the start rob this episode is there to nail in uh, charlie's law And his relationship with the waitress—it's a key part of that journey, and that's why we have this episode. But it does feel very strange that the last scene is Charlie walking away smiling. Did you have any nits, Paddy? Nope, no hornets to pick here. The one I I, I had—I mentioned—is that Frank really is a bit part player. He's literally a court jester on the sidelines with Artemis, and and really Artemis doesn't need to be in it either but you know that's that's being very harsh as as we've said it's it's great to see her because she's such a great actress and such a funny character so so it's a bit bit of a harsh knit, but that was all i had down ickiness yeah you mentioned something
2: eating stuff off each other and also charlie when he's like bleeding and sweating during the date is a bit icky as well
1: <laughs> yeah uh, one one thing that you never get i'd love there to be a smell o vision episode of always sunny uh, <laughs> Where is this sweaty, cheesy, bleeding Charlie. Often you can't really convey smell through television very well, but this episode really gets it in the same way as there, there's another episode at the restaurant where Mac is wearing two colognes. And that is very evocative, and this episode is very evocative in the same way.
0: You quite often you get characters telling the other character to stand away from them because their breath stinks. That's uh, quite a, a common trope in the show. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I didn't have any ickiness. As I said, I think with um, with Frank and Artemis, especially um, especially Danny DeVito dialing it in a bit. So they compared to what they could could be doing in the later episode with the uh, with the burlesque when they go in the office and she literally is putting a bottle <laughs> a bottle up him. You know, that's that's where they could have gone. So maybe they looked at this episode and thought it just didn't go far enough. And as I've said, the, the things that Danny DeVito, who's one of our greatest. Acting treasures, directing treasures—you know, Hollywood royalty. The things that he commits to doing in this show.
1: Oh yeah, you know, not many people would be willing to claw their way out of a sofa, um, in the name of television. He really nails it, doesn't he?
0: Naked. I don't think Paddy's seen that episode yet. Have you?
2: I don't think so. No, I've seen the one. Well, when we talked about the quarantine episode, where he covers himself in hand sanitizer and is writhing around in his pants. So I guess that's a good precursor.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's obviously how he got in the couch, by looking like that. Um, I like to call out if there's any interesting T-shirts. Mac wears a superb T-shirt. He wears some rubbish ones. We don't get any Charlie T-shirts in this. It's just his hoodie. He's got um, Superior North uh, Canoe Outfitters, there's some company that are based in, in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. That's a that's a great T-shirt. I'm starting to keep a spreadsheet of all the T-shirts that I like. I Might do a T-mill and replicate them. Good spot. Oh, Business ideas. So just before we decide who won this episode, I don't think there's much debate, but um, anything else to say? Was there anything else you wanted to say about this episode or any other notes?
2: Charlie also mentions the Sherlock Holmes look, which is a very important look. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, he thinks that makes him look intelligent. But it's true. It would make you look intelligent. (laughs) Yeah, Mac and Dennis (laughs) just like, why would you want to look like Sherlock Holmes? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, good spot. Yeah, I could just watch that scene on a loop all day.
0: Uh, ghouls, little green ghouls, buddy. So who won the episode? Rob?
1: Uh, Charlie. Charlie yeah. won. Yeah.
0: He he wins it because he's because it looks like he's going to lose it uh, because he thinks he's ruined the date. And then he goes to see that fella and he wins even more because he finds out that he's a douchebag. He was going to give him the Hornets anyway, I think. But the, the, the fact that the Hornets are delivered so pleasingly, I think uh, he wins it. It's obvious, isn't it, Betty?
2: Yeah, I 100% agree. And you don't even need to see him opening the box to know that that's a big win for Charlie. But yeah. it's a and the waitress. on behalf of everybody.
0: Yeah, and the waitress doesn't get married either.
2: No. So, yeah, it's a mega win for Charlie.
0: Are there any losers, do you think? I think there's one. Oh, yeah, but Brad, Brad! Brad! Brad is an obvious <laughs> <laughs> loser. He, he
1: he gets his he gets his revenge, but it takes a couple of series, doesn't it, before he, yeah. before he reappears. But uh, yeah, he's a he's the definite loser of this episode.
0: Would you say Dee's a loser in this episode? What happens to Dee? Take it far enough to, for her to lose this episode.
1: So I I think her big loss probably appears off screen, doesn't it? Um, in that she thinks she, she's stolen this attractive man. And she's either going to lose by already having been dumped or will lose by having him appear with hornet scars and then deciding to dump him. So either way, her end goal has failed and all of her points during the episode are also complete failures. So I think, yeah, I think she definitely counts as a, you know, she loses so often that it's almost a norm, but it's still a low point even for her.
2: Yeah, yeah. She thinks she's won. Maybe when he shows up and he's like, "Hey, I still love you," but then they don't show you anything else after that. So
0: yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. When you add that and the fact that you know she can't go back to the dress shop either because she's fucked that one up as well. Unfortunately, Dee's Dee's lost this episode. Sorry, Dee, but it's good to see Charlie win. Charlie win an episode, and as you said, Rob, everybody else doesn't lose anyway, so it's fine. Going back to my knit. the fact that there's nothing on the line for Frank, I think, is really unusual. Even in episodes where other plot lines drive it, there's usually something at stake for everybody, but there's just nothing at stake for Frank here. Okay, well, that's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Really enjoyed that. Thank you, guys. Just need to decide what we're watching next. So I need to get my random number generator. Yeah, Agent Jack Bauer. It's a bit like
2: the the supercomputer that we have on our our other podcast, Poddurst, which we haven't recorded an episode of for a while. Where we have the new metal computer to, to um compute how new metal a band is based on some data <laughs> we feed into it.
0: It's almost as scientific and impressive as the hadron collider. Yeah. Is it a lot? La- is it the large hadron collider? The large hadron called, collider. It sounds
2: yeah. like a new metal band, right?
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. So let me so we're talking about which series first. So there's Minimum one, maximum 14. How many times am I bopping this naughty cat on the nose, Rob? (laughs) Oh, seven. 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 So series four, we're going down a rung. And just need to check how many episodes are in that series. Should have you know, had a good podcast, or would have these kind of things prepared. Er, right, where's Netflix on my phone? Come on.
2: The last episode there. of that series is "The Night Man Cometh." I know, uh, my favourite. So
0: let's let's hope, let's hope it's that. Have you got your? Have you got? And anybody got Netflix? Oh, yeah.
2: I'll, I'll open it if you want so, I, got, so. I saw you reaching down um, to do something and I'm worried that you're going to start playing those sound effects off of <laughs> so that you were treating us to in the <laughs> Season...
0: <laughs> Season 4 has 12 episodes you get to um stroke. How many times are you stroking Agent Jack Bauer, Which is not advisable. He's a very angry cat.
2: Um well not many then. Let's go three.
0: One, two, three. Episode four.
2: Which is Mac and Charlie Die Part One. Also, it's a two parter.
0: Uh, uh, so how we,
2: did you do it with Tom? Do you do both?
0: We normally do both. We uh we talk like like you guys do sometimes. We do it in one episode but separate out the chats so if you guys are happy to come back and do that next time yeah absolutely that would be amazing that is a great episode and uh, across the two so many things happen so we'll have a lot to talk about i really enjoy that one so that's been jabronis only 10 all that it remains for me to do is to say it's a good night from me and it's good night from him
1: and it's a good night from them
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes I think that's actually is how it it. it that is how it works yeah excellent